Welcome to the Real Estate for All podcast, where we aim to enrich your life and provide information to inform your real estate decision-making process. I'm your host, Frederick Middlebrooks, Realtor and Navy veteran, joined by Cynthia Davis, owner and broker of Alert. Let's get into it. So let's jump into it. We are going to be talking about what to consider before buying a home. There's so much to consider from uh, whether you should buy. And I guess that's the best place to start is, um, you know, does buying fit into your financial plans? Does it fit into your life plans? Um, You know, are you planning on holding this home for a long period of time? Or is it going to be a short period of time that you're going to be living here because of travel or family plans are you going to be moving from place to place so i guess we'll start there and i'll uh kick it to you to um get your input on what people should consider in their life plans or financial plans with buying their first home or second home third whichever one it should be what what should they be considering first question am i ready to buy a home and you can only answer that question after you've laid out your financial plans you have your personal goals Included in that should be your financial plan. Now, then you have to look and see where does your home purchase fit into your financial plan. And you should purchase accordingly, and you should purchase when it fits into your financial plan. So let's think about some things we need to consider when we're getting ready to step out there and make that purchase. Do I have the cash to pay cash for a house or Do we have to finance this? And if I have to finance this, we go into a whole nother level of, am I ready? And the true cost of home ownership, because then we're talking about, well, how much is it going to cost me to borrow this money? What's the true cost of that? Interest rates. Now, in today's market, the rates are low. In another market, they might be a little bit higher. Will my credit score allow me to get the best rates? Okay, so looking at uh, people's credit scores, looking at whether or not they have, um, you know, the finances to be able to afford the mortgage payments, which uh, I guess could be, depending upon the market, similar to a rent payment, but also looking at uh, maintenance and upkeeping and shifting there. um, I know one thing that is different between buying and renting is the maintenance and upkeep of things like appliances, sometimes the lawn, depending upon how your lease is structured where if you're renting, uh, a lot of those big appliances are the landlord's responsibility. So if your refrigerator breaks, your stove goes out, something like that, then you call the landlord and it's their responsibility to get that fixed and repaired or replaced. Whereas if you're the homeowner now, it's your responsibility to make sure that those things get changed. Um, And that could be money out of your pocket as well. HVAC systems, now we're getting into expensive expensive home appliances, <laughs> water heaters, and things like that, that you could have to replace sometime down the line because we know nothing lasts forever. So uh, what would you say on uh, factoring in maintenance costs? Absolutely, that's, the tr- that's one of the true costs of home ownership. What are your true costs for renting? We have your rent money, we have your utilities, which might be your electric, possibly your water, possibly your gas. Your electrical bill is for a one or two bedroom apartment generally very much. Now, go over to home ownership. You're not, you're, not, you're not purchasing the same size apartment, 
So you're purchasing a 2,500 square foot house, your utilities are now going to increase. We have to prepare for replacing those items, such as you mentioned HVAC, water heater. We have to factor in lawn care now because in that rental, perhaps lawn care was not a factor. And then uh, roof is another one that uh, can get pretty pricey at some point, uh, depending upon how old the roof is on the home that you buy, you, you end up having to replace a roof that's, you know, 25 years old, 30 years old, and that can run you 8,000, 10,000 or more dollars, depending upon, you know, uh, the square footage of, you know, the roof size that you need. And uh, I guess some other factors on who does it and the type of roof that you get up there. So um, easily, yeah. easily eight to 10,000. But what is another factor that we, have, we need to factor in? When you're in that one two bedroom apartment, you all furnished out. But that furniture is going to look lost in a 2,500 square foot home. So now what are you wanting to do? You want to furnish. Buy more furniture. Buy more furniture. <laughs> oh, yes. That's part of uh, what everybody wants to do. You want to make it feel like home. It's, it's your house. So it's like we got we to gotta live here for however long that might be. So um, with that, I will say, um, what would you say is uh, the amount of time that someone should calculate between whether they're deciding on renting or purchasing. I mean, should they uh, calculate how much it would cost for a year or two years? Um, and in addition to that, how long does someone need to stay in a house in order to make it worth living there? Let's calculate how much the cost is going to be to rent a property for $1,500 a month. And let's do it for one year. We calculate the $1,500 times 12, the utilities times 12, and what if you might have parking fees times 12, and see how much it's going to cost us to rent that property for one year. Now let's step over into how much it's going to cost us still paying a mortgage of $1,500 a month. And let's just say that mortgage includes your principal, your interest, your taxes, and your insurance, which we know the taxes and the insurances, they fluctuate. Oh, yes. They do not stay the same, but you still got these other costs, which we've already talked about. So mm -hmm. now we already know the monthly cost for home ownership outweighs the cost for renting. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to look and see if our budget, our income can support that cost. And when you say the monthly cost outweighs, you're talking about the mortgage being higher than the... I'm talking about your monthly expenses. Monthly expenses for owning a home. For owning a home. Being higher than your monthly expenses for renting. Okay. Absolutely. Same amount of money that you're paying, the $1,500 and $1,500, yet your cost per month is more for ownership than it is for renting. Because of all the stuff that's not covered by the landlord that now you're responsible yeah, for landlord. having to cover. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. that landlord is not coming with you over here to your home. Exactly. <laughs> it's your responsibility at this point. Okay. But Okay, so if we can look at our income and see that we can support this amount and still save, mm -hmm. you have to be able to put that into that financial plan to have a savings account. But then you need a plan for replacing items. So you need another account for that. So you don't want to max yourself out and not be able to save. Now, I will say with that, having a home, um, part of that payment goes towards your equity in the house. Um, whereas when you rent, if you pay $1,500 a month in rent, 
that money's just gone. You're not getting that back. But at least if you own a home, part a portion of that money goes towards the principal of the house. It's going into the actual value of the house to eventually get the house paid down or paid off. And should you decide to sell the house, then it would be equity that you would have in the home where you will be able to recoup some of that money that you have versus you don't have that when you rent. So um, you're saying you need to save outside of that, but having that payment also helps you uh, save a little bit, correct? You're correct. You are so true. But what I say is, is yes, you need to save in addition to what is being saved every month by you paying your mortgage amount. Why? Because that money that you are putting toward the, well, the property is increasing in value, which we call that's your equity. So you have a savings account within your home, but that should be long term. The additional savings account that I'm talking about is for emergency and repairs and, and incidental things that come up, your vacations and things of that nature. You don't want to live in that house and never be able to go anywhere. So you want to be able to plan for those vacations and not have to do them on credit. You want to be able to have the funds there. The money that's in your home, the equity, that's not so easy for you to pull out on an emergency. When you're renting versus buying, if you're not going to stay in a place for a very long time, um, you might want to consider what your costs are going to be to sell that home. Uh, oftentimes what you see is that a seller will pay the commission for both uh, agents, both the buyer's agent and uh, the listing agent. And then you, uh, so you factor those costs in, you factor the closing cost in, depending upon how that's negotiated in the transaction at closing. And uh, it, it could, it could set you back a little bit, um, especially if you've only been in that house for two years, vice if it's a house that you've lived in for 20 years. Um, so it, you don't have as much equity built up. And now on top of that, you're having to pay commission for the buyer's agent and commission for the uh, selling agent. And you're going to have to, uh, you know, that, that's all that might not come out to be in your best interest. And the last thing you want to do is have to come to the table with a check so you can say so you can sell your house because you do not have enough equity in there to pay all of the expenses of selling it. So if that's one of the factors we're talking about whether or not you should continue renting if you know you're only going to be in this home for two years. Okay. But let's while we're there, let's talk about some of the costs that you have to the initial upfront costs. Now we talked about some costs for selling that property, and but we're talking about the cost of home ownership, how much a down payment. But let's say you are getting a, a loan such as an FHA loan, and you have to make a down payment. Well, the minimum down payment requirement is 3.5% of the sales price. So for uh, numbers sake, if you're purchasing a house that's uh, $200,000, 3.5% is $7,000 that you have to pay in a down payment um, at a minimum. At a minimum. Okay. Good word. You need to keep that word. At a minimum. That's 3.5% in a down payment. Now let's talk about some of the other costs up front to just purchase. So now we got $7,000 on the table, right? Mm -hmm. Now, let's say there is another 3.5% for closing costs. And what that is, is that's the cost for you to obtain your loan. 
if you are not paying cash. So there is a cost that the lender will charge you to loan you this amount of money, that $200,000. That is another $7,000. So right now we're already looking at $14,000 that you need to come to the table with. And as you said earlier, we try to get the seller to contribute to that additional $7,000. Let's say the seller will pay $5,000 of that amount. So now we have $2,000 of that $7,000 that you need, the buyer needs to come to the table with. So the buyer comes with that 3.5% down, which is $7,000, plus that two additional $2,000, which they are now looking at $9,000. Is that their only, are those are their, their only costs? Absolutely not. Before you even get the property, the first thing you want to do is have it inspected. That is at least, what, a $400 cost? So the buyer's paying for the inspection, buyer's paying for the appraisal, appraisal as well. which is another $450 possibly. So we're looking at another $1,000. So now we're up to $10,000 that the buyer could potentially be coming to the table with. You have to have a one-year homeowner's paid policy. Okay. Now that can come out of your closing costs, can potentially be a part of that, but let's just say it doesn't. We want, to, we want to go ahead and plan for that cost just in case. So right now we're looking at a minimum of $10,000, the buyer needs to come to the table to purchase a $200,000 home. And this is not to scare any of the listeners away, but just to let them know and keep them informed that, hey, make sure that you plan for a substantial amount of money that you're going to need to purchase the home in upfront cost and then make sure that your recurring uh, cost, i.e. your mortgage and your utilities and everything, you factor that into your budget as well. The lenders generally require that a buyer has at least three months of reserve in an account in order for them to obt obtain that mortgage. Why? Because they want to see that you're going to be able to pay this mortgage for at least three months. You already have that plan. So we're already talking about you needing to have at least three months of mortgage already in an account. Buyers have to consider the true cost of home ownership. What it's going to take me to get in there, what it's going to take me to stay in there. Obviously, there are your unforeseen circumstances such as, you know, a lost job or mm -hmm. changes in the economy, a mm -hmm. COVID-19 pandemic. But um, then there are those things that are just a lack of planning on mm -hmm. the buyer's side of, you know, I didn't think this through, you know, so sitting down, taking the time to run the numbers and see how much is it going to cost for me to uh, have a down payment? How much house can I actually afford? Mm -hmm. um, what are the utility costs that I'm estimating? Um, what are the maintenance costs that are gonna come up eventually? If that roof is old, okay, I might have to replace that roof in the next five years. If they just mm -hmm. put it in in the next two or three years, or in the uh, if they just put it in within the last two or three years, then you know maybe you can get a, a 20 years out of that mm -hmm. before you have to replace that roof. Mm -hmm. So um, all those things are things to consider. If you're gonna have to drop $10,000 on a new roof five years from now, you might have you need to start saving, but if you can go into a place that has a roof that's in great condition and you can get about 15 more years of life out of that before you have to drop eight or 10,000 on a new roof, assuming you're gonna be in a place for 20 years, 30 years, then um, that's definitely something to consider. And then if you're gonna sell that property later on, um, 
and you're like, oh, I'll sell it before I need to replace the roof. Well, that might affect <laughs> the value of that home because now whoever's getting ready to buy exactly. that house has looked at, uh, assuming they've had an inspection done on the house, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, wait, your roof needs to be replaced in about two years or next year. Mm -hmm. And I'm not coming out of pocket $10,000 up front unless we factor that into the purchase price. So maybe they want you to knock a little bit off of how much you're asking for the home is give here, take there, but in the end, it's, it's, it's gonna cost some money somewhere, either on the sale, maybe it cost you a little bit, uh, or maybe on the purchase, um, you have to spend a little bit to maintain that house into mm -hmm. uh, tip-top condition or tip-top shape, so. Absolutely, you're so right. I wanna go back to a point you made earlier. As real estate professionals, we do not want to see we want to put people in homes that they will be comfortable in financially and space-wise and family-wise. When I tell, when people come to me and they say, oh, I'm approved for 200,000, I always advise my clients to let's back off of that 200,000. Well, let's not, let's not go to the ceiling because you want some, you want some breathing room in your budget. You want some breathing room to be able to do some things that you want to do. If you take it all the way to the top, you're suffocating yourself in that house. Some people I know factor in, well, an extra 5,000 is only like another 50 bucks, 100 bucks in my mortgage or whatever it may be. Um, but that aside, it's, it's uh, you know, another 5,000 that you're paying interest on for the next, you know, 30 years or however long you structure uh, your mortgage to be. So, um, no, it's definitely something that they need to consider and factor into their, their cost is, um, how much is it going to cost me to, to own this home in the end? Speaking of how much is it going to cost me, there's the statement you get at the closing table when everybody's all happy and signing the papers and trying to get the keys and all of this. It's called the truth in lending statement. Well, the truth is, is that on those, one of those forms you sign, it says you're borrowing whatever amount of money, let's say you're borrowing 200,000 and you're borrowing it at this percent interest rate. Now with all of the other costs of getting this loan and everything, this is what your APR, your annual percentage uh, rate is. And then it has a number over there that looks much larger than the number that you borrowed. So if you borrowed 200,000, it might say closer to 400,000 that you have paid. Yes, that's the cost of home ownership when you are financing it. You pay for that home twice. There's always gonna be something that's gonna break. There's gonna be some, some maintenance that needs to be done. There's taxes never go away. When that home gets paid oh. off, <laughs> you will still be paying taxes on that house forever. Um, which we can go back to show you who really owns the house because stop paying your taxes and see if the government doesn't try and take it from you. But uh, <laughs> let's go back to something else we touched on. Factoring in how much time you're going to spend in that home is key. If you know that your job moves you every two to three years, do we see that uh, home prices are rising enough for you to be able to turn and sell that home in two years and sell it for a profit. Or uh, another option could be to hold on to it, if, depending upon if you get it in a location that allows you or affords you the ability to be able to rent it out um, should you move again. However, that is something else now that you know, you're going to still be responsible for that mortgage getting paid. 
as you move into another place and take on other expenses, um, whether it be renting or owning another home, you're still now responsible for renting and owning another home as well as if you keep that house as a uh, as an investment property and rent it out. And that goes right back to where we started, having a financial plan in place. So there's a lot to consider with uh, with property and purchasing a property. It is uh, it's an, it can be an investment. It can be a great thing, but it can also uh, it can sink your ship if you don't uh, do your numbers and make sure that it's the right move for you to make at the right time when you're wanting to make it. And, and there's stuff we didn't hit on because it people's individual situations kind of dictate things that they need to consider as well. Mm -hmm. um, where mm -hmm. you work, what your commute will be to work and things like that. So um, yeah, it, it uh, what the cost of living is in the suburbs vice the city and uh, it is so much stuff that uh, your individual situation will dictate whether, you know, or not this is a good decision for you. And, and we, we, we briefly touched on credit. It's a big factor. If you're, most lenders want to see at least a 620 score, credit score, and then they are okay with, you know, generally you get in close to the best interest rate. But let's say you have a 580 or 550. You're not likely to get the best interest rate. Therefore, the cost of owning that same home will increase because your interest increase, which increases your payment, your monthly principal and interest. So that cost increase, it might be beneficial for the you buyers to, to take the time and work on increasing your credit score so that when you do purchase, you can get that better rate and the cost of home ownership is not as great yeah, with a lower interest. Monthly payments, exactly. reducing how much of each payment is going to go towards the uh, lender vice mm -hmm. how much goes into the principal of the home, which ultimately helps build your equity. And that's your savings account. And for many homeowners, that's the uh, owning a home is their largest investment. So that is their largest savings account. And you want to protect it as much as you possibly can. Thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Rate us and review us, good or bad. Let us know what you like and how we can improve. Cynthia and myself are affiliated with Alert, a licensed real estate brokerage and real estate school. So whether you're looking to buy and sell a home or become a licensed salesperson or broker, we hope you'll give us the opportunity to help you achieve those goals. Just looking for free information? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or Twitter. Visit the website at alertpropertiesre.com. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing. Thank you.